little different today. We're celebrating the fact that Journey North Church is, is 10 years old. At the very first gathering, not our first service, but the first time that we said, we're going to have an informational gathering for anybody who's interested, it was at the Fur Post. I had just read something that week, and it kind of stuck with me, but it wasn't a big deal until I walked out to share the vision for Journey North Church. And when I walked out there, we, I didn't know if there was going to be three people or five people. I had no idea. And the first post was not that big where we were meeting, but when I walked out there, it was full. And, and all that I could think of was this thing that I had just seen. Life is not measured by the number of breaths we take, but by the moments that take our breath away. That was the first of many moments that God has used Journey North Church to take my breath away. Um, that was at the Fur Post. You saw there at Pine Tech, we have actually met at a lot of different places as Journey North Church, um, 15 different locations, actually. We started in the Adams family home, not the TV one, ours, which is very similar, actually. But we had uh, pastor's coffees, we called them, and we had groups of people. They, people would sign up, and they'd come to our house, and we would share the vision, but they could ask any questions they want. We'd just spend some time together, and in a very short time, we had 100 or 200 people come through our house. Um, and then we had that that I mentioned, that informational meeting at the Fur Post. We actually met at the Fur Post a couple of times. We met at the Jusak home and had our Fallapalooza. Um, if you haven't seen the slideshow, I can't show it to you right now. It's 45 minutes long, and, and you wouldn't hear anything that I had to say then. Um, it'll be playing afterwards. It'll be playing in a foyer. It's really big because it's 45 minutes long. I'm going to try to get it online so that you can watch it online. But we had a great time at these events. Um, we met at Timberline Campground. I believe more than once. We met at Rush City High School. We met at Pine Tech in various classrooms. We met at Pine Tech in the auditorium. We met at Paul and Kate Johnson's home when we did a baptism service there. We've met in Robinson Park down the street. We've met at Westside Beach numerous times for a baptism service. We actually met in homes one Sunday, and we had a thing called the church has left the building. And we just didn't meet in the building, and we met in people's homes. We had a great time. We have met numerous times at the property on the north end of town at Journey North's property. We have met at Pizza Pub a number of times, and I really wish we could go back there because we had a riot having church service at Pizza Pub. And then when we were done, there was pizza, and he would always make this giant tray of chocolate chip cookies. We have too many people to do that now, so i got to get Rick to expand the Pizza Pub so that we can all meet there. Um, we have met at the elementary auditorium a number of times for Easter, and now here at 840 Main Street South, we're here. We have been, we've been all over. We used to joke at the beginning that we were the church that only wanted smart people to come because it, you had to be smart to know where we were going to be because we were always someplace different. Um, offices as well. My office for the first few months was, was in Cabin Coffee and met a lot of people there and did studying there and did my stuff there. And I got to say, I look back on that with great fondness. Um, uh, it was actually sad when, when I moved into the first office space we rented, it was down on Hillside um, by the Northwoods Bank. And we moved in, and it's like, this is nice. I have my own office, and people aren't disturbing me. But I really miss meeting in Cabin Coffee. It was kind of fun. We moved into offices on Fifth Street. The, the, the location thing for Journey North Church is actually one of the parts of our story where so many of the miracles are. There's been so many things that God has done over the last 10 years that we look at it, and it's like, I 
just can't believe that. It's just amazing. And we, we, we haven't been as good at writing things down as we should, so we're actually in the process of trying to do that a little bit. But we had a team that got together um, uh, right at the very beginning, and the purpose of this team was to find us a place to meet because we didn't know where we were going to meet. And so this team got together, and they were looking at all the different locations in a Pine Tech early, early on in the process. It was very interesting because it wasn't as a team, but it was as individuals on this team. They all saw a piece of property. The property was not for sale, but they all saw it individually and got together and said, that would be like the perfect place to build a church building and to meet and stuff. And it turned out to be that property on the north end of town. And when we got a hold of a person, we found out, oh, it is for sale. It just hasn't had the sign put up yet. And so um, go ahead and put the first picture up. We had a, we had a whole bunch of faith. This is, this is the church property um, on the north end of town. And that square represents 10 acres. And so as a young church that had no money, we really didn't have people yet, but we knew that God was going to do big things. We said, I think we need to get 10 acres of this. And we had this limit. We had no money. So we just stepped out in faith and said, 10 acres. And, and, and we had this limit that this is the most that we can spend on, on these 10 acres. And I remembered vividly people talking to me in Walmart about this. And they'd say, 10 acres? What in the world do you need 10 acres for? And it's like, I don't know, but God does, you know. And so we went into negotiations, and being these shrewd business people, we had no idea what was happening. Uh, show the next picture. Here's what we walked out with. 26 acres for less, it's okay, for less than what we had planned on spending on 10. And so then it was us now asking each other, what in the world is going to happen with 26 acres? And that we don't know, but we know that God has incredible plans. But that wasn't the end of the story. Because show the next picture. There's a little section down there, seven acres, like 6.98 acres or something. It's, it's mostly in the wooded area. It's very cool. It's a wooded area in there. But the issue with that, it, it cost, it was very expensive. It was like $75,000 for, for this little piece of property. And the reason is because all along our 26 acres on 35W, that little 6.9 acre site also had an easement to put billboards up along 35. We didn't want billboards up. We want people to come by and see our sign and to see our church building and to think this is really cool. We don't know what these billboards are going to advertise, but it's like, yeah, $75,000 not happening. And so we just left that go and didn't think anything up, anything about it at all. And it was so interesting because we had been thinking about many things and property and stuff. We didn't have money, but God, um, God had plans. And we got a call from the person who owned it. And he said, are you still interested in that property? And I said, well, we've been interested in it all along, but we just don't have any money. So it's not an issue. Um, and we knew it was like $75,000, $70,000, I think it was. And, and he said, well, how about, he said, I really need to, to take care of a few things, a few issues of business. He says, how about if I sell it to you for 7000 And it's like, let me think about it. Okay. <laughs> and again, now we went from 26 to 32 or 33 acres, and it's like, what are you going to do here, God? And it's so exciting. But we knew that like this whole process of journeying our church has been God gives a dream. But when God gives a dream, it's not like that means it's going to happen tomorrow. It means it's going to happen. 
There's always a time period between where we don't know if it's this long or this long, but that happens for all of us. God gives us this dream and we think this is it and it's not yet, but it will be. And we know that that's happening. In the meantime, you know, we're in Pine Tech and we're, we're busting at the seams. And so we wanted uh, this current building was being used by a church. And, and there's like, you know, 150 people in here right now, something like 100 people. And uh, that church had like 25 people. And they couldn't afford, you know, keeping up on a building or the rent or anything. And it was just a small little group. And we said, we'd love to rent your building. And you can still meet on Sunday morning. We'll meet some other time. You know, we're flexible. We're fast, fluid, and flexible. We'll do whatever. And they didn't want to rent it. They'd sell it to us for like, I think it was almost $900,000. It's like, yeah, let me think about it. No. How much do you have? Nothing. <laughs> so we're not buying this building for that much. And so it just wasn't going to happen. So we continued to meet Pine Tech. And every time things would expand and whatever, whatever. Um, two to three years later. Um, we had pretty much outgrown Pine Tech. We were at two services in the auditorium. The kids' area had expanded to fill most of the hallways there, and nursery space was full, and we either had to go to three services or do something different. We got a call. They came back to us and said, we would be interested in renting you that building. Like, perfect timing. God always has perfect timing. And so it was like, sweet. We came and looked at it. It looked like it would work for us. We signed the paper, signed a year lease on it to see how things would go. And I will never forget this. Within days of signing that lease to rent it for a year, we had not yet met in it, hadn't moved anything in yet. I had somebody ask me, so I hear you're, you're moving into that space there. And I said, yeah, we're pretty excited about it. They said, well, what are you going to do now, it's, now that it's going to the sheriff's sale in a couple weeks? And I, that was my response. Oh, what? So, yeah, that property's been in foreclosure. It's going to the sheriff's sale. It's like, no, 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 no. We just signed a year lease on it. And we didn't know what was going to happen, but it was God did what God does. And we talked to them. We talked to the bank. It really helped that God had an ambassador here for us, that, that one of the people attending our church happened to be like the vice president of the bank. And, and the bank was not going to ever loan to a church ever again because they had had such a bad experience with, with what had happened. And we ended up being able to get into this location for the balance of their loan, and they let us assume their loan. We really didn't at that point qualify for it. We just knew that we could. Um, but we ended up getting the, this, this property and it was like, once again, God just, he didn't just show up. He showed off and it was, it was so amazing. The South building down there, the South end where the thrift store thing used to be, um, that we rented for a little bit, but it was way out of our price range. We ended up getting that for significantly less than, than it was worth because God said, okay, it's time now. And we could have easily jumped many times, but we knew that it wasn't God's timing. And when it was his timing, he always came through, always. The, the foyer, what, used previous laundromat, um, we thought this would be a group. We don't have an entrance or exit space. It would be really nice to have a place to hang out, plus having the other space. They wanted $125,000 for it. And we looked at that and said, let's see, how much do we have? Nothing. So 125 is too much. And as the more we looked at it, the more we realized we'd really like that. But we're just, we're not going to do that. We talked to the guy. We're not going to do that. And years went by. The guy called us. He actually emailed me, and then I got in contact with him. And he said, are you still interested in, in the laundromat? And I said, well, yes and no. We're interested in it, but we don't have money. We don't have, especially that kind of money. And he says, 
what if I offered it to you for $25,000? And he had been asking for like five years for $125,000. And it was the same thing. Let me think about it. Okay. And we now have this beautiful foyer entrance that's used for many, many different things. God has done that continuously. I need to ask, you, you've heard a little bit of history stuff here. I, I just, show of hands, there's going to be a little interaction today, but not a lot, don't worry. I won't ask you to do anything weird. How many of you have been here since the beginning? Can I just see hands? Yeah, that's extremely exciting to me. Because not, there, was a, there was some hands go up, but not a lot. First service, a whole bunch of hands went up. This, for some reason, that made me more excited to realize that, that we still have people here from the beginning, but look at all the people who God has brought since then. That this thing that started with a dream that God planted, not just in my heart, but in the heart of many people, I want to read to you a couple things from one of our original documents. This was written before we had our first meeting. It was, it was shared with people at this informational meeting before we knew anything or what was going to happen. We just said, this is what God wants his church to be. This is what he has called us to, to, to start here in Journey in, in Pine City. And, and what we said was Journey North Church at that point was just a dream, but we believe it was a dream that God gave us. And so here's what we said. This is on the website, too. It's, it, we, it, we've left it on there so people could see that. Journey in our church is a dream of a church that knows how to celebrate God and is fun for all ages. That was one of the first things we wanted to make sure. Journey in our church is a dream of a church where kids wake up their parents on weekends because they can't wait to be there. It was very important for us because we knew our target was going to involve families. And we could, we could have a church that adults would like to come to, but if their kids didn't want to come, guess what? The adults weren't coming either. And so we wanted that. And so I look at that, and all of the aspects of this dream of journey in our church are coming true. Most of them have and are continuing to come true. On Sundays, we have, they call it We Venture, the nursery from birth to two years old back there. We have Lil Venture, which is the preschool stuff. Kid Venture, the, the kindergarten through fourth. Youth Venture, the fifth through seventh grade. All that's happening down at that end right now. We have Route 34 started, which is the third and fourth grade thing. It's kind of a transition so that on uh, Wednesday night when they have the fuel group, which is fifth through seventh grade, and they have uh, overdrive, which is eighth through twelfth, that fuel gets once a month to do something kind of cool to get them into, here's what youth group can be like. We had an open house here yesterday, and somebody came in, and there was just, there was a bunch of kids running around. You know, we had popcorn and cotton candy and games and fun things. And so there's kids running all around. And I had a person comment, there's a lot of kids here. I said, yeah, that, that's by design. But I said, you should see this place on a Wednesday night. We can have 60 to 65 kids down in the fuel end, 5th through 7th grade. We can have 50 to 65, 8th through 12th grade in this room. 120, 130 kids can be in this building on Wednesday night because we, from the beginning, said we wanted this to be a place where kids were welcome and felt welcome and liked that. I have a very just short little clip that I want to show you um, of some of the student <laughs> stuff that goes on. It is very exciting seeing what God is doing with the kids, but also because of the leaders. There have been so many leaders that have volunteered in those areas. Um, it's an exciting thing. Journey in our church is also a dream of a church that's known in this area 
as a place that lavishly dispenses God's grace in many practical ways. And we have done this so many different ways. I know a number of you were, were looking at these water bottles up here and wondering, what in the world is the praise team like really thirsty today? We have given away thousands of water bottles at the parade in Pine City, but that's not why these are here. But that parade in Pine City, we decided, oh, a cup of cold water in Jesus' name. How cool is that? You stand out for the parade and you're hot and the sun's beating down on you and you have somebody come up with a Journey North shirt on and hand you a cold bottle of water. That's cool. So the first year we did what we always do. We went way beyond what we thought we were going to, and we bought over a thousand bottles of water. We ran out about 25% of the way through the parade. You don't know how horrible it is to walk down the shirt, walk down the street trying to cover your name on your shirt because they're sweating in the sun and you have an empty thing with no water bottles in it. And they know that everybody else got some. And we decided that's not only bad because they're thirsty, that's a really good metaphor. That there are people in this town, in this community, that desperately need life. They need the living water. And we don't want to run out. We want to make sure that we're always there to do that. So the next year, we went above and beyond, and we got over 1,600 bottles of water and ran out. In 2010, we decided, go big or go home. We got over 2,500 bottles of water and ran out. <laughs> so for the last few years that we did this parade, we handed out over 5,000 bottles of water a year because we decided we were not going to run out, not just of water, but of helping meet needs of people in this area who need not just a cup of cold water, but they need the living water. We've done that in so many different ways. For the first few years, we passed out summer sausages. You know those big summer sausages from Walmart. I know it freaked them out for a while because they have their inventory stuff. They know how many things approximately they're going to sell. And when you go in and buy like two shopping carts full of summer sausages, it throws their inventory way off. But what we did is we'd either just go up to the house and pass them out or sometimes we would do caroling and then hand them out. And um, one year we were just going up and it was very simple. Anybody who wants to come help us, come help us. And we'd go up to the house. You'd have your summer sausage, knock on a door and say, Merry Christmas. And we'd hand them a summer sausage in the name of Jesus. It had a little Jury North Church sticker on it so that they knew what was going on. And I remember going up to us. I'll never forget this. Going up to a house to, to deliver one of these to somebody. And... Um, I decided that there was like three places in a row that I could do it. And the wagon that had the summer sausages was like a half a block over here. So I decided, well, I'm going to take what I need to do the next few houses. So I walk up to the, the first house and I have these summer sausages in my arm. And it's, it's winter, but it's not super cold out this year. Their door was open. The screen door was closed, but it was just a screen and it had a rip in it, actually. And it's like, you know, whatever, I'm holding these sausages. I knocked on the door and I hear <laughs> this gigantic sounding dog. And I realize I'm holding meat <laughs> in my hands. This is probably not a good plan. That's when the caroling started. I started the caroling part of it singing, but it ended up okay, obviously. I just threw it at him and ran, and it was good. Um, anyhow, that's one of the things that we've done to just simply bless the community. We've had, you've been, many of you have been part of our garage sales. We started in the... Um, 
um, hockey rink because I think we did it before we even had a building. And so we did, we filled up the hockey rink. And then when we got this, we started doing it in here. And we would have, uh, we wouldn't do it all the time, but we would have a garage sale like sometimes every year, sometimes we skip a year. But um, the garage sale would always have quotes around the word sale because it was free. But we didn't advertise that. It was just garage sale. And so people would come in and you could see some people come in. It's like, oh, you know, I really like that. I really like that. But they were weighing, you know, because they didn't have the money. And then when they, they'd see that there was no prices on anything, and you could see that would annoy them. Because it annoys me when I see there's no price on something and I have to ask, you know. If you have to ask, it's too much, you know. It's a quarter. But they would come up and say, how much is this? And there was some really amazing stuff. And to see their face when we'd say, it's free. What do you mean it's free? It's all free. Well, can I give an offering? No. You can come Sunday and give an offering if you want, but we're not taking any money today. It's free. It was just exciting to be able to bless a community that needed it. We have given away hundreds of Bibles every year for 10 years because we want to be able to put those in the hands of people. Journey North Church has had volunteer teams finish a house that people had a hardship issue that couldn't finish the house. They don't know us. They didn't go to our church. There was no plan of them ever going to our church, but we got a team of volunteers. We finished their house. We've put roofs on houses. We've built ramps for people who needed them at their house. This church sets aside money to be able to help with local stuff and mission stuff. And currently we're setting aside $26,000 a year. And they, they gave me the number. They kind of figured it out. A rough average over the 10 years that, that we have been journeying our church, we have given away approximately $250,000 in this community and to missions. That's a quarter of a million dollars from one of the poorest counties in Minnesota. Because God, from the beginning, said this was a dream of a place that will lavishly dispense God's grace in many practical ways. It's a dream of a church that is seeker-sensitive and purpose-driven, but not a clone of any other church, just following in the footsteps of others who have followed Jesus. We decided that we could be original and make all the mistakes ourselves, or we could go with people who have already journeyed ahead of us, stand on their shoulders and let them make the mistakes. So we don't have to make quite as many. We have made our share, but we don't have to make quite as many. It's about being intentional. It's about being focused. We've always said we don't want to be just another church. There's plenty of churches. We want to be different because God is calling us to do something different. It's about being focused. It's about always learning. It's about always figuring out how to do it in a better way. This is a journey in our church was a dream of a church that loves lost people so much that we would sacrifice our own comfort in making them feel welcome. This is a safe place for lost people, for people who are broken, for people who are searching, for people who are hurting. That's not easy. It's messy. It's also interesting that we have said from the beginning that this is a church for everyone. It's a church for anyone. But not everyone is going to like what we do and how we do it. Because it's not typical church. And so we said from the very beginning, our comfort, what we like, is not at the top of the list. At the top of the list is reaching people for Jesus. Our comfort comes way down the list there. This is a dream of a church that values technology 
in order to capture attention and communicate to as many people as effectively as possible. I would always get funny looks from, from places that I would interview at for like youth pastor positions or even when I interviewed to be the senior pastor at the free church that I said, I believe one of the gifts that God has given me, they said, what are your gifts? And I said, I believe one of the gifts that he's given me is the gift of, of understanding technology. And he'd look at me like, are you an idiot? It's like, no, actually I'm not. I understand technology and it's not because uh, uh, that I'm smart. It's just because that's one of the ways God wired me. And I knew from the very beginning that we would incorporate many things in order to reach people, it was never for the sake of being with it or, or cool or just cutting edge. It's always to reach as many people as effectively as possible. Now, the byproduct is that is we are with it and we are cool. And so that's a good thing. That's just not the main reason. Journey North Church is also a dream of a church that will be known for its stories of real life change. Individuals, relationships, families. I'm more on that in just a second. The next thing said, Journey in Our Church is a dream of a church that produces fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. This is not a place to just come and be fed and fat. That's not what it's about. There is, there is actually a discipleship pathway to learn, to grow, to be more who you need to be, to be, bo- to be more like Jesus, to be more what he wants you to be. There's a leadership pipeline. I actually don't look like this. They look like this, but it It works. And if you say, well, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not growing, I'm not being fed, I'm not this, I'm not that, it just means you haven't availed yourself to the opportunities that are there for that to happen. Because this is a church that from the beginning was going to produce fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. It's a dream of a church that is a loving community of people with a shared vision for how we do things, following together to call, following together. The call to join God in what he's doing here. This was huge from the very beginning. It was about unity. And I can say that Journey North Church has a level of unity more than any other church I've ever been in, in my entire life. That this level of unity, for one thing, allows people to serve. It allows them to serve according to their shape with freedom. And without all the friction and struggles and different things that are so common in so many other churches... In other words, a real sense of being on this journey together, doing it together. And that certainly includes serving together in areas, all kinds of areas, up front areas, behind the scenes areas. There are so many areas of service that people serve on a regular basis that are just huge. You don't even recognize because you don't think about it. I I don't think about it often enough. You come to church and the bathroom's clean. We forget that people did that. The carpet's clean. For instance, this is our 10-year anniversary. As our chairman was setting up chairs yesterday, on the 10-year anniversary, Paul Severson has set up 88,400 chairs. Is that not amazing? There are so many ways to do things at this church for Jesus that make a difference. I'd like to see a show of hands. If you have served or are you have in the past or you are serving in some capacity, any capacity now, could you raise your hand? That's, that's incredible. Over half. The goal is, that's right. The goal is someday when, when we say that, 
that everybody except the one first-time visitor that's here, everybody else raises their hand because we're all serving. Because that's what's exciting here. That brings the unity. Journey North Church is also a dream of a church that God will use so greatly. I'm going to wait until, that's okay, that's okay. <laughs> if it's for me, tell them I'll call them back. <laughs> Journey North Church, unless it's that publisher's clearinghouse thing, because I heard that, no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Journey North Church, finally, is a dream of a church that God will use so greatly that in years to come, hundreds of people will point to us as a place where their spiritual journey began, where they found a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, where they found healthy relationships with others on a journey in, the bibli- in a biblically functioning community. From the very beginning, that was the goal. The water bottles behind me had nothing to do with the parade. The water bottles behind me in, the, in this big stack of bottles... They represent, there are 245 bottles here. That's how many people Journey in Our Church has baptized in the last 10 years. People who have said, I'm going to step across that line and let everybody see that I have made a decision for Jesus. There have been hundreds of people in the last 10 years make a commitment to Jesus Christ. There have been so many people, they have made a commitment to Jesus for the first time and and come into the family. There have been hundreds of people who have made a recommitment to Jesus and said, "I, I, I know that this is not where I should be, where I'm at. I know that I need to be here, and I know that that comes from Jesus. And they made that commitment to Jesus. So I'm going to step out on a limb and, and with boldness, I'm going to ask this question, and I want you to be bold as well. If you, as a result of the ministry somehow of Journey North Church, have made a commitment to follow Jesus or recommitted your life to Jesus, could I see your hands, please? Raise them up. Look around. Look around. How exciting is that? That's how exciting it is. That there's even balloons dropping. And that's with the understanding that you won't be popping them while I'm talking, but it's, it's, uh, thank you, Jay. That's right. (laughs) I don't know of very many, very many pastors of any size church that if somebody said, do you think you could do a balloon drop? I'd say, yeah, we got Jay. I can do a balloon drop. <laughs> no problem. When, when, when I look out and, I, and I, I see those hands that go up that this church has made a difference in your life and you have committed or recommitted your life to Jesus, that's what Journey North Church has been doing for 10 years. Here's how we summarize the vision. Helping people find true north on this journey called life. Simple because we're simple. I forgot it again. (laughs) I have a compass on my desk. Trust me, I do. Um, I was going to bring it out here. It's one of those hiking compasses. And if I brought this compass out here and got away from like all of the magnetic stuff here, what direction would that compass point? 
north. You guys are good. See, I told you, this is the smartest church I've ever been in. It points north, and that means if I wanted to go to North Pole, I could follow this compass, right? And I would go, if I kept diligently following, I would end up in the North Pole, right? Wrong. There's the North Pole, and then there is the magnetic North Pole. The magnetic North Pole, if you saw the, the magnet lines as really lines, they would kind of come up around the globe and they would enter into a point that is actually currently about 300 miles away from the North Pole. The magnetic North Pole is where the compass points to. It changes between 5 and 25 miles a year. That means if I followed what I believed was heading me in the right direction and going for the North Pole, I would not end up there. I'd miss it by 300 miles. I am not kidding. I read on this this week. And there was a guy who made a comment, and he was dead serious. He said, that's bunk. He said, it's a government conspiracy. <laughs> Wait, that's not the best part. They don't want us to know where the North Pole is. <laughs> and I'm thinking, what? what they're hiding Santa? <laughs> you know, they don't want us to be able to find the North Pole? Uh, that, that is goofy. Anyhow, if you followed what you thought was taking you in the right direction, you could end up hundreds of miles in the wrong direction. We know way too many people who are following their compass, and they're not going to end up where they want. So our goal, our job, our dream, our vision as a church is to help people find true north on this journey called life so that they end up where they really want to end up, so they get what they, what they really need, so it works for them. And that statement, I could, I'm not going to, but I could parse that statement to show everything we do, all that we do and why we do it is incorporated in that statement. We talk about um, who we worship because true north is not a destination. It's a person, and that's Jesus. We talk about who we worship, that we need to connect, we need to grow, we need to serve because we're doing this together. We talk about who we're magnifying and, and the membership of this church, the maturity that we want to get, the ministry that we do, the mission that we're on. It talks about the person who we worship, the evangelism, which is a fancy word for good news, that we're sharing good news with people so that we can connect, that we can have fellowship because we're in this together. We can grow in that discipleship process together, serve together, being on the mission that God has placed us on. Those purposes, they're all through the Bible because they're not ours. They're God's. But there are two clear places that we find them. And I want to read that for you today. It's the great commandment and the great commission. And you've heard me say many times that, that a great commitment to the great commandment and the great commission will grow a great church and great people. Because we didn't come up with it. God did. Jesus said it. This is it. The great commandment first. It's listed in a couple places. I like the way it says it in Mark 12. And you must love the Lord your God, Jesus said, with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. The second, see, they ask him, what's the greatest commandment? Because they were trying to trap him. And so Jesus says, it's love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second, even though they said one, and the second is equally important, love your neighbor as yourself. 
There is no other commandment greater than these. He actually said, that sums up all the law and the prophets. That sums up the Bible. Loving God, that's worship. And loving people, that's serving. That's so important. That's one of the two of the five things we do. That's why we even put it up on a wall over there. Loving God and loving people. Right by Journey Java, because coffee might be our sixth purpose. I'm not sure, but it's right up there. Then the Great Commission. Jesus gave us marching orders before he ascended back to heaven, after he rose from the dead. And typically, you hear the Great Commission from Matthew 28, 19, and 20, and you usually don't even hear all of verse 20. You just usually hear this part of it. It says this, Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And we stop there and say, that's what Jesus gave us to do. And it's true. But what he said before and after that, to me, is extremely important. Because it gives me what I need to accomplish that, but it also helps include me. If you start in verse 16, remember the story is Jesus died, buried, rose again, walked around with people for a while, showed himself to be who he was, and then said, okay, now I want you to meet me on this mountain over there because I'm ascending back to the Father. I'm going to come back for you, but right now I'm, I'm going to ascend to heaven. And it says in verse 16, then the 11 disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. So that's the scene. When they saw him, some of them... As they saw him, it's like, this is the one who we saw die. We saw him get buried, but he is alive again. It says, when they saw him, they worshiped him. You only worship God. They worshiped him because Jesus was God come in the flesh. It says they worshiped him. And the next line is the one that I love the most. But some of them doubted. I always think, boy, if I saw that, I wouldn't doubt I would be the first one on the list, probably. I like the fact that the ones included from the very beginning were some that even though they saw that, they had issues. They had hurts, habits, hang-ups, they were broken. They doubted even though they saw him there. Verse 18 says, Jesus then came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. That means God's power, everything that God is, is Jesus said, I have been given all authority. That means the power comes from him. That's good news when you're one who doubts, when you're one of the broken ones. The authority, the power is his. And that's why in verse 19, he says, therefore. Remember, whenever you see the word therefore, you're supposed to go back and see what it's there for. It's because Jesus has all the power. Therefore... Go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach his new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. The power to do what he calls us to do comes from Jesus. To find people, to be found by him, to bring people into fellowship and community, to build them up to maturity, And he says, he'll be with us every step of the way, even to the end of the age, until he comes back for us. Oh, and then he'll be with us forever from that point on. So here's what we do. We bring people to Jesus and membership in his family. Develop them to 
Christ-like maturity and equip them for their mission in the church and their, their ministry in the church and their life mission in the world in order to magnify God's name. That's what it means to be purpose-driven. That's Journey North Church. So what I want to do is very briefly, I just want to recap Journey North Church for you. And I know so many of you are in the, they have the, yeah, the smartphone thing, or you got your computer, your tablet, or whatever, and you can put apps on it. So we're going to look at Journey North Church as if it's an app, because that might help some of you. So we can't start with version one, because there was actually a beta version of Journey North Church. We'll call it point nine. But I can't even start there because I actually had access to the alpha version, which is like point zero something, that for three years that nobody else had, nobody else knew. I was the one who was doing that. But in point nine, we had the beta version. We had a whole bunch of beta testers that were going to figure out how to do this for us. And we decided we're not going to plant a church. We're going to launch a church because it's exciting. Do you think it would be exciting if I invited you over to my house and said, you know what, I'm going to plant a seed. You want to come watch? And we'd stand there and say, oh, yeah, look, what's going to happen? Oh, nothing for a long time. Okay. Just not real exciting. We decided that we wanted to stir things up a little bit because there was a lot of people who needed Jesus, so we decided to launch. So we had these pastor's coffees, I told you, at our house, question and answer times at our home. We had we did, we did, we came up with a launch team of people who were willing to say, "Yep, I'm in. Let's go for this." After they knew what it was all about, um, launch team meetings. We had four preview services. We met like once a month. We had four preview services, and then we'd meet afterwards. We'd invite people back, but we would have them come back, and we'd figured out, okay, what was good, what was bad. And, and, and we would tweak things and make things as good as we could. It was so funny having people come and they'd come to one of the preview services and it's like, this is great. When are we going to do this again? Oh, next month. And they'd look and it's like, what? Most churches I know do this every week. And it's like, yeah, give us time. It'll happen. And many of those people became part of the launch team and became part of those events and the planning and brainstorming meetings so that we were all in this together. We even took a week or two where people who were on launch teams scattered and went to churches all over Minnesota as groups to see here's what they're doing right, here's what could be better, and and I I know that it probably freaked people out when they come to their church with their notepads, and every time something would happen, they'd write it down. I know as a pastor, I think, what did I do? What are they writing down? What's happening? But then they'd come back and say, here's a church you went to, here's pictures of it, and and we would share that, because when we wanted wanted to have our first service and launch, we wanted to do it right. We wanted to have as many people as possible, build as much momentum as possible, and on... Um, November 25th of 2007, which was 10 years ago yesterday, we had our first official service. That was Journey North Church 1.0. We had our first official service. It was so funny because there were so many people that's like, finally, we can start going to church every week. And we had our first service, and the next week, on Saturday, there was this huge blizzard. And as we're setting up, it's like, what do we do? What do we do? It just kept snowing and snowing and snowing. And there was ice and everything else, and we canceled our second service. So we still had not met two times in a row. But from that point on, it was, it was pretty good. But we started off at Pine Tech after we la- and launching in one room. And we'd go in and set up that room, and we'd have church there. And very quickly, those two services would fill up that room. So then we went to two rooms, pull the divider back, set up the chairs, set up the stage, and have two rooms, fill them up. Then we had two rooms and a cafeteria 
that we would spill out into and set up and pretty soon filled it up. The kids' ministry was starting to take over rooms and hallways and things. And that's when we moved into the auditorium at Pine Tech. And it wasn't very long before we filled up the auditorium twice on Sundays. And every single time we got to that point, God said, okay, here's the next thing. Never gave it to us weeks in advance. When we got there, he said, okay, it's time. So it was very exciting. And I told you about the process of getting this place. This is Journey in Our Church 2.0 in 840 Main Street South. October 3rd, 2010 is when we had our first service in here. But this has many versions like the other ones do. So it's not just Journey in Our Church 2.0. Journey in Our Church 2.1 was we had to redo this because I told you there was a church here that had 30 people. 25, 30 people. We, we didn't have 25, 30 people at that point. And so we redid this place so many times. We met down there in that corner. We met down here. I think then we met there again. And then we switched all over. You see it in the slideshow. Um, I can't show you the slideshow. Like I said, it's 45 minutes long. But you'll see some of that in the slideshow. It's exciting. But Journey in Our Church 2.1 was spending time redoing things until we could settle on here's what works best for us. Journey in Our Church 2.2 was redoing all the classrooms in the back to make the kids' ministry better. Some of the rooms were too big and we had to tweak things. Some were too small and we had to take walls down and make them bigger. But that was 2.2. Journey in Our Church 2.3 was when we got to get the, the south building down there that used to be the um, thrift store. Yes, if you've ever been in there, um, we started using it and it was, it was just bare. Um, but it worked. It was during that time that we realized we have the space here, we have the classrooms, we have the space down there. We had been working two years, so Journey in Our Church, two point, probably three, five. We got to launch Celebrate Recovery because we finally had the space to do what we wanted to do. And so that's when that was launched. And then Journey in Our Church, 2.4, was the foyer. And we spent a bunch of time redoing that. That was where we, we lost Howie during that time. And that was, I go into the foyer, I cannot go into the foyer without thinking about Howie. Um, and, and I know that he's, he's smiling because of what's happened as a result of it and the people who have been reached because of that. Journey in our 2.5 was taking that south room and redoing everything. And I'm going to say their names and they're going to be mad at me and I really don't care. But Brad and Barb Turgeon took that by the horns and spent countless hours fixing that back room up. They put the wood up. They built the stage. They had a team of people who helped them. But I can't tell you how many times they came in here at night late and He's in there working, or they're in there working together. Huge thing. If you haven't been back there, especially if you haven't been back there since it was a thrift store, you need to go back there because it's a little bit different. Um, it's just very amazing space. God has done great things. That's looking back. That's brought us to where we're at now. What about looking ahead? What about looking ahead? Here's what I believe with all my heart. The best is yet to come. For Journey North Church and for you. The best is yet to come. So Journey North Church 3.0 is coming. I have no idea when. I have people every week, two, three times a week, I told you at Walmart, come up to me and said, so you got this beautiful property down there. When are you going to build a church? And I always say, we are. Really? I said, yeah, right now we're building a church. Well, I just went by it. I didn't see anything. I said, the church is people. We're building the church. We're building people before we build the building. That's what we're doing right now. So I don't know when it's coming. I do know this, that I'll say the same thing. When God says jump, 
We'll be in the air as we say how high. And I'll use the same words I used at the beginning of Journey in Our Church. Buckle up. Because God has amazing things. So as we start this next decade of ministry, I'm sure there's going to be a couple more two-point-something versions before 2.3 launches. I don't know what that is. I don't know the timing. I know this. God gave a dream. And it will be fulfilled. I don't have... He didn't give me the timetable ahead of time. He does to me what he does to you. He says, here's a step. Take the step. One step. And it's always a step of faith. But when we take that, it enables us to then take the next step. Too many people are stuck way back here because they have this dream. They see this thing, but they can't get there because they haven't taken the next step that God said to take. I know that the best is yet to come. I know the best is yet to come for this church as we continue to follow hard after Jesus. It won't be because of what people say. It won't be because of anything except what Jesus says. We will listen to what he says and obey. We will establish clearer paths. We have paths in order to take those next steps. We're working hard on making those clearer. I'm redoing class 101. I'm redoing class 201. Um, we're going to have class 301 start this year. And Lord willing, class 401 start this year. That will be a pathway that you can take to find out, here's what this place is all about. Here's how I can be more in tune with God, how I can have a better relationship with him, and I can have that deeper um, experience with him that I'm looking for. It will be about how can I serve according to the way God's made me, because this person does that. I'm not like that. Well, you're not supposed to be. You're supposed to do what he made you to do. Class 301 will help you discover that. Class 401 will help you learn about your mission in the world. We want to make that clearer. I have a thing on my, I have some pictures on my wall, but one of the things I have stuck a paper in one of the pictures that I, so that I can remember, and it has these words on it. Member, model, mentor, multiplier, movement maker. As part of this purpose-driven network, we're in, actually, I'm in training right now. I'm going, fin finishing up an eight-week session that will start me on an eight-month session that will be done within like four months. We want to be a member church but we want to be a model church so that people can look and see, here's what you can do in order to accomplish what God wants you to accomplish. We want people to be able to come and look at that. That will move us into being a mentor church that will be actually helping other churches accomplish those things. A multiplier church that it will be a regional place that people will be able to come and figure out how to accomplish what God wants them to accomplish. What I am very excited about is the last one is the movement maker. There's, um, remember, Jesus said he will come back. He won't come back until every tribe, tongue, nation hears. There is, at this point, give or take a few, about 3,000 people groups left in the world, tribes. Some of them have languages written, some don't. But there's about 3,000 tribes left that, have, that don't have a church, that have never heard about Jesus. In the next year or two, we are going to become a movement maker, and we are going to adopt one of those people groups and help bring them along into the kingdom. That's what Journey in Our Church is going to do to continue to call people to come. Come and see. Come and worship. To connect, to grow, to serve, to go. But that's also what can be for you. The best is yet to come. To continue to follow hard after Jesus. To take that next step, whatever it is. It's not, he, he never has us here and says, okay, this is your next step. It's always just this. And then this. And we want to help you with that to make those commitments. Maybe for some of you, it's a first-time commitment. 
You, th you thought it was all about church and religion, not about Jesus. And you say, well, I, I want in on that. And you want to make that commitment to him. It's about you being that, that model and that mentor and that, that movement maker for Jesus so that you can continue to come and worship and connect and grow and serve and go. I believe the best is yet to come. Are you ready? Yeah. Two of you are. Are you ready? Yes. Then, then buckle up. Okay? There's two goals for today. The first was to just celebrate. Celebrate what God has done in and through us. But as always, one of our goals is to draw people to Jesus and the cross. Because that's where the answers are. It will always be doing, always be about doing everything we can to reach everyone we can. We have been better together. We have been better together. And it started with a dream. It started with a vision of helping people find true north on this journey called life. So what do you need? What do you want? I love the fact that so many times when Jesus met with people uh, that he was eventually going to do a miracle and or something was going to happen, the first question he ever asked him was, what do you want? What do you need? What do you want from me? What do you need? And it's not that he wanted to meet every one of their needs. He knew that they had a need that he could meet. What's your need? What's your next step? What's that thing from, keep, the, the thing from keeping you from moving where you need to be? Um, maybe you have that need for forgiveness. You want to experience that freedom because your past is not what it should have been. And you want that forgiveness and freedom. Maybe it's a need for belonging. You're tired of feeling alone. And you need the one who said, I promise to be with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. Maybe that's your need. Maybe you're stuck. And you've made some commitments and you've done some stuff, but you look at your life and you say, I'm kind of stuck. And I need a little bit more improvement. I need a little bit more direction. I think I followed the wrong needle on the compass and I'm not going the direction that I think I need to be. Maybe it's that you just simply need to feel needed. And I can tell you this from firsthand experience. When you do what God wants you to do, where he wants you to do, you will realize you are making a difference. It doesn't matter what you're doing up front, behind the scenes, it makes no difference. God calls us to do things when we do and we realize, I'm a part of this. Because of what I did, I'm a part of this, making a difference in this community. We're in this together. We're here for you. We're here with you. I love, 1 Thessalonians has a verse that I think describes us so well. I just love it. 1 Thessalonians 2.8 says this, We loved you so much that we shared with you not only God's good news, but our own lives as well. I've said it many times. I'll say it until I can't talk anymore. I love you. I love what God is doing in us and through us. And we love you so much that we are not only sharing the good news, we're sharing our lives. We're better together. So to all those serving and praying and giving to make this a continued reality, thank you from the bottom of my heart. We are better together. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for the amazing things you've done. We know that the best is yet to come. 
And as we follow hard after you and take those steps you ask us to take, that you, you want to meet those needs. You want to offer us that freedom and forgiveness. You want to, to help us to make a difference for eternity and not just scramble through this life. Father, thank you for all that you've done. We love you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Stand for the closing song. One, two, three, four. just the perfect song to close this. 
Life is short. There's a slideshow. We'll be playing it here. You have to sit here and watch it, but it'll be going on here. It'll be going on down in a foyer. As I watch that, there's so many things that I've forgotten about that are so exciting, and I realize how fast the years went. But the other thing I see when I, when I watch that slideshow is I watch all the people in the last 10 years we've said goodbye to. And it, it reminds me of the fact that life is short. There are no guarantees. We get one shot. And it's not about doing everything we can to make sure that a year of retirement's good. <laughs> because eternity's long. It's about doing everything we can here to prepare for eternity. I want to close by reading something that I read to everybody before Journey North Church launched more than 10 years ago. I want to read this for you again today. Jesus of Nazareth came on a mission. He was not looking for the well, the found, or the righteous. His mission was not about starting a ministry that would produce programs to be consumed by nice, attractive, middle-class, white, suburban couples with 2.5 kids. It wasn't a country club with nice painted iron gates that Jesus inaugurated. It was a church that Jesus founded with its calling to storm the gates of hell. The church he founded was not a place for people to get fed and fat, but a place to be equipped and sent. Church is not a building or a destination, but a people who are on a mission to join the Savior in seeking and saving the lost. What do you say? Are you in? Yes. The next decade is going to be mind-blowing. I'm glad we get to do it together. Father, thank you so much for all that you've done in and through this church so far. We know that you're just getting started, and the best is yet to come. Help us to, as we sang, live it well. Life is short. Help us to live it well for you, storing it up in heaven. We love you, Father. And it's in your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen.